This is the Collaboration Dynamics Podcast, helping you work together better with Judy Reese, X-ray listener, best-selling author, international virtual collaboration trainer, and master of metaphor. Hear more at xraylistening.com. Hello, this is Judy Reese, and I'd like to welcome you to a special edition of the Collaboration Dynamics Podcast. This week we're going to do something a little bit different. I want to talk about what I've learned from nine months of presenting this podcast and from interviewing some amazing people. In the 26 episodes that I've conducted so far, I've talked to people who are prominent in their own fields and whose success is due in no small part to collaboration. I was fascinated to find out what it was that made these specialists tick, what motivated them, how they take decisions, how they decide who to connect with and how and when. And in each interview, I've been exploring the metaphors that each of these experts use day to day as they think about collaboration, but they're usually not aware of them. Pretty much everybody expressed surprise at discovering that they had these metaphors in their thinking. So in uncovering someone's unique and individual metaphors, you can get an insight into how that person's world is constructed. You find out what their way of thinking enables them to do and how it might restrict them. You get clues as to what motivates them to take action and what it stops them from doing. This way of thinking might stop them messing up or, you know, if it's one of my ways of thinking, it might stop me reaching for the stars. And making these largely unconscious metaphors explicit has many benefits. Here are a few that I've noticed. Number one, They help make people's thinking much more tangible so that other people can understand it quickly and easily. So if someone says that when they're collaborating at their best, they're like the conductor of an orchestra, well, you get an instant sense of what that might be like. You know, what's important to the conductor of an orchestra and what's less important? Secondly, because with a metaphor you instantly get it, you get a sense of the whole thing, it's a brilliant way to understand the sheer diversity of ways that people think, and in particular how they think about collaboration. It's easy to imagine when you hear a word like collaboration that it will mean pretty much the same thing to everybody, or at least everybody who speaks English. Or maybe everyone in your culture, maybe collaboration means something different in Eastern Europe than it does in America, for example. But you imagine that within a culture, the word collaboration means pretty much the same thing to everybody. And then the boss of a company announces that he wants more collaboration to happen. And he thinks that everybody knows exactly what he means by that. And he's surprised when everybody does something different as a result, because in fact, everyone had a different idea about what collaboration was, what it meant they should do. Thirdly, exploring people's metaphors 
helps you take people off their well-worn thinking paths and invite them to share something different about themselves and potentially something deeper. So you get to find out about somebody at a very different level to that very superficial self-promotional kind of way that you so often hear people talking, you know, on the telly or on the radio or on podcasts or whatever. You get someone like Tim Ferriss, when superstar that he is, of course, when I met him, he was bashing out a dozen interviews a day on a book tour. Getting something new and interesting from him was a real challenge and all journalists will recognize that that's a challenge. I got to find, find out that when he does his modeling thing, as he finds out how people do stuff, for him, it's like drawing animals in a zoo. Fascinating. So what were the metaphors um, for collaboration that I found amongst these effective collaborators? There are a few different themes. Several people had metaphors which picked up on a, a flow type experience. Like a server, like a surfer catching the perfect wave. Like a mill pond, completely still and silent. Or like a gazelle, often running. There were a group of very high energy metaphors like a cauldron bubbling with ideas, like a lively daytime party, or like the highest energy metaphor there could be, I suppose, like a large hadron collider. The single most common metaphor was that one about being the conductor of an orchestra. Three different people who have three quite different occupations came up with that one. But once you listen to the interviews or read the transcripts of those three people and compare them, it's very soon obvious that each of those conductors is very different from the others. And that's one of the things I really love about metaphor, that like snowflakes, people's metaphors really are unique. You only have to ask a question or two and the differences reveal themselves. Now, one thing that I found particularly interesting was the metaphor that's been missing so far. It may, of course, be an artifact of the, the people I chose to interview, but in 26 episodes, not a single person has referred to a team or teamwork. We've had no football metaphors, no rugby metaphors, no cricket, not even any cycling. There's no team in collaboration. That struck me as very, very interesting I, indeed. And I've, I've, been, I've been doing a lot of thinking about well, how does that, how should that change the way I talk about the things that I do in terms of helping people who work apart to work together Maybe I should stop talking about, um, you know, I do team building things for virtual teams. Maybe, you know, maybe that's not going to resonate with people. But that, I, I think that's sort of maybe it's an academic topic, but uh, I'd love to know what you think about that, by the way. Do feel free to comment, um, drop me an email, comment on the blog, whichever you prefer. On the wider scale of the thing, what's the practical value 
For me, there are a couple of really important practical benefits to doing this. Number one, once we understand how different people think about collaboration, we can use that information to find the people that we want to work with, or we can work better with the collaborators we have. So if I think about myself, do I want to collaborate with an orchestral conductor? Or would I actually work better with someone whose idea of collaboration involves lots of independent small boats floating around a bay doing their own thing, and the only rule is they don't bump into each other? And maybe I, if I'd been working with the little boats guy and wondering why they don't beat out a rhythm, then I can adapt my expectations. Now this is exactly the kind of stuff I do when I'm helping virtual teams, or should I say people who work together um, virtually. Um, when I'm working with them, it's absolutely beautiful to see um, people hear about each other's metaphors. And people who've been really niggling each other or, or even been actually at loggerheads suddenly realize that really nobody's trying to make their life difficult. It's just that they think about things differently. And, one, and that realization is really all they need to renegotiate and find a new way of doing things. Now, number two, you also have the option, once you have this information, you also have the option, if you choose to, to borrow ideas from other people and try on someone else's way of doing collaboration. You don't have to be stuck with the or orchestral con conductor thing if it turns out it's not working for you. Why not play with the, the boats on the bay thing? This is actually at the heart of modelling, to find out how someone does stuff and then try it on. And I think metaphor provides a really effective, as well as a rather beautiful, way of doing that in any context where the way people think about what they're doing makes a difference to what they actually do. And to, to tell the truth, that's, that's more or less anywhere. So, as I've been thinking all these, interviewing all these lovely people and I've been trying on their ways of thinking about collaboration, and as a result, I've been opening up to new ways of working with people. I've been rediscovering the value of co-thinkers in my field and beyond. I've been noticing how important um, what seem to be random lateral connections can be. And I've been stepping out of my comfort zone to explore the gritty details of subjects which are new to me like self-organisation or complexity theory. These are ideas that I've picked up from these podcasts and I hope that you've been inspired to try some new things too. And while we're talking about you, let me ask you a question. What are the metaphors that you use in collaboration? And how well are they working for you and for the people you collaborate with? If you don't know yet, and you'd like to, I can help. I've set aside some slots in my diary to do private interviews for anyone who'd like to explore their own metaphors for collaboration 
and find out how to use them to collaborate more effectively in the context that you're working in. This is going to be a pilot, so I'm charging just a nominal fee of £20 per session. They're strictly limited. If you'd like to grab one, drop me an email to judy at xraylistening.com or use the contact form on my website xraylistening.com. Next time, I'll be talking about collaboration with a collaboration technology expert, Matt Ballantyne. So until then, this is Judy Reese saying thanks for listening. Speak to you soon.